0: Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top N90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Dropping Points Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, here with my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. Brian, how you doing, man?
1: Doing pretty well, man. Feeling good after the Charlotte FC win. Maybe witnessed their, their biggest win in club history this past weekend so far, just in terms of just coming out and responding well against LAFC. And then also just wishing I had the the confidence of the New York Red Bulls to sell messy merch in their team store, I feel like the gall of that, I just, if I had the confidence of of doing something like that, selling opposition team merch in in the team store in their team store, God, I mean, my, my fantasy team would do a whole lot better with the, with the Red Bull confidence of that kind of, I couldn't believe that, 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 that uh, was reported on, on Twitter like that. Unbelievable to be honest.
0: Yeah. It was a pretty messy, heavy crowd. Yeah. in New Jersey that yep. day yeah and yeah and yeah speaking of Charlotte Charlotte has a way of beating teams that you wouldn't really expect them to beat I mean beat LAFC the previous MLS Cup winners you guys yeah. beat Seattle earlier this season as well correct
1: uh Ty we, we drew three but we came back on them three times
0: okay a- again getting a result against a pretty good yep. team and you know, kind yeah. of against all odds having to come back as many times and then you guys beat Philly last year, right?
1: 4-0 on on a game where pretty much we knocked them out of the supporter shield win with
0: that okay. game. So one of our three things, Brian, I'm surprised it's not one of yours. We'll get to those later, but I'm surprised that one of your three things isn't like when Charlotte play a team that you know, you wouldn't expect them to beat. Maybe we pick yeah. an Arfield or a Westwood and you know, yeah. really bet on the Charlotte guys. Yeah,
1: I Man, for fantasy, I'm not quite there yet. I mean, I feel like I've done that. I did that earlier in the season, but now with the amount of money we're at and everybody able to go chalk, it's a little too risky. I think I'm going to refrain until the beginning of next season, and I'm going to throw those sleepers out there.
0: You're just, what you're doing is you're lacking that New York Red Bulls confidence. is what? Yeah,
1: that is it. That is exactly what it is. You're right. You're right. I need to, I need to hone in. Maybe when Charlotte FC, when Messi comes to town at the end of October, if, if that still ends up happening, apparently he also might be in Argentina at that point. So we'll see, but maybe if Charlotte FC exudes that same kind of confidence, I really hope they don't to be, I'll be kind of fuming if they do. But uh, at that point I'm like, well, if they're they're pulling it off, I'll pull off that same confidence. We'll start, we'll start our field up against the Miami team.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you would have picked Westwood, Against, you know, LAFC this past week, instead yeah. of like a, a Hani Mukhtar or a, a Carlos Hill, which you would have never yeah. expected to do, it would yeah. have gotten you eight extra points and yes. maybe it would have gotten you into the dropping points yeah. top five in the fantasy league. So we'll get right into that, Brian. Yeah. Uh, the top five for this past week coming in at number one, a pretty frequent regular name we see Half Century City. They had 159 yeah. points. They captained Denny Bowanga with 40. Coming in at number two, Ghazdaddy Dupes with 158 points. They captain Tiago Almada, who nice I Nice job it on
1: that.
0: Yeah, brilliant pick. Uh, we'll get into our dropping points because that's where we <laughs> dropped most of ours this past week. Coming in at number three, Avenue BFC. They had 157 points. They also captain Denny Bulonga. There was a tie for fourth place: Tripa Mishki FC and Southside Ice Ferrets. That's a great name, by the way. 156 points, both of them captain Bulonga. And then coming into number five is edsf rowdy's 154 points they also captain denny Bawonga. brian and i did not crack the top five this week it's been a couple weeks you know we've been on pretty good form and one of us at least has been in the top five for the past couple weeks that did not happen most of that is probably my doing but brian let's get into our dropping points where did you drop points from this past week of mls fantasy yeah,
1: I dropped a, a lot of points. I was on a real heater, uh, and then I had such a bad week that I actually have now dropped out of the Champions League. So I'm still I'm still within range, but I'm definitely going to need a good double game week to, to catch back up and make it back in. I'm like eight points out of Champions League at this point. So it's going to really come down to it. Um, but, yeah, my first dropping point, I left a hanger out there. I mean, that's, what I'm, that's the term I'm calling. I feel like we've come up with a few terms throughout the course of the season. And I'm calling this one leaving a hanger out there. I left B- Barri in my starting lineup. wasn't paying oh, attention yeah. and gotten back in. It was my first first game back in Charlotte FC, getting ready to cover the team uh, for for their first home home match back in like over a month. And got out of sync of just checking the fantasy lineup, making sure everything's all good before getting prepped to to cover the game and. Man, I left Barry all in there thinking that was a safe play. And then you had texted me, and by then it had <laughs> just been too late to to make the switch out. And my plan, I actually I had taken him out because earlier in the day I had switched in Jordi Alba. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had looked at New York Red Bulls giving up a decent amount of points to defenses and I switched it around late. I just couldn't wasn't super confident with my defensive picks and kept rotating him around and that's how, what I ended up on. Not that Alba would have gotten me a ton of points. He would have gotten me a clean sheet, but that was kind of it so but it would have been better than one so that was definitely the the drop points there I don't think it would have saved my week because the biggest dropping point was switching out Mukhtar for Almada which I mean pretty much that was the deal if you had Belonga and Almada in you're pretty much reset and I didn't have Almada in so at that point it's just pretty much the rest of the the rest of my fantasy week became a, a bit of a watch so a wash so yeah that was my big one we're gonna probably cover that a decent amount, because that was really the story of this week, I'd say, in fantasy, it was the, the Mooktar versus Almada, and picking Almada was just so, so key. Um, Bobasi classic boom bust pick, and I had a bust week with him. Uh, and then going, I don't And looking back on it now, it's like, really, like, I don't know why I did this, because I had plenty of cash to not do this, but went Rossi and Bogush on paper, it looks like a really good setup, but I don't know why I went with two, just at this point of the season with so many chalk options, there's really no point in having both of them. Like if I had just swapped out one of those for Almada and then just got Almada and Mukhtar would have really kind of saved my week. But instead I had Rossi and Bogusha switch a ruse in and wasted two of my midfield picks on, on, on flyers. So that ended up like they both hit to an extent, but like when you could have the option to go chalk on a week where a lot of chalk, like Ryan Gauld went off, just so many midfielders went off. It definitely did not pay to try to save um and go and go with the uh with the differential picks there twice um one would have been i think fine because then i could have made up the points with like an almada pick or something but doing both really really cost me and then i couldn't feel confident in picking a different midfielder late like a ryan gall because like man well rossi's on eight i kind of want those points and then like so it's just yeah One thing led to a next. So those are are my big big dropping points for this week. So now I just got to really catch up and try to get back into Champions League with a big double game week.
0: Yeah, big one ahead. Where did I drop points? Uh, Again, uh, everybody that listened to last week's podcast, I apologize because I posed the question like, is it Hani, is it Almada, or is it both? And then my tap-in last week, the guy that's like, you know what, you should definitely have him in your lineup was Hani Mukhtar because of, you know. Nashville had Atlanta's number, Hani scored a bunch of goals and had goal contributions against Atlanta and it was it was Tiago Almada that went off. What one goal, two, three assists whatever it was. Yep. Almada ended up with 24, Hani Mukhtar had two. So that dropped us right there Brian, 22 points. Yep. So that that's pretty bad. And something of note here, and Hani hasn't really been in great form in MLS recently. He's had back-to-back two-point weeks. And he's averaging just 4.4 over the last five. So Hani has not been an MVP type form. And then moving on, Philly conceded late and cost me five clean sheet points for Kai Wagner. You know, his six points is good and I will take it. But the extra five would have been really, really nice. But overall, Kai Wagner had a, a really, really good game. Bonus points for ball recoveries, crosses, key passes and tackles. Just would have loved that extra five. That would have been big time. And then going into the ruling lockout, I had Miazga in my lineup. And then for whatever reason, I decided to swap for Justin Glad. And I missed out on six points there. And, uh, you know, FCC were unbeaten going into that game at home, remained unbeaten with that 3-0 win over New York City FC. And golly, you know, why pick Justin Glad when RSL are just leaking goals right now with 10 goals conceded in the last three in all competitions? Like, that was just a a really really questionable pick on on my end. i think i was trying to make up for remember when i had tim parker a couple weeks ago because of like mm-hmm. set pieces and stuff like that i was like yep. you know what maybe a big center back is good in this matchup maybe he'll get on the end of a set piece and maybe score me a goal and that was just yeah. not the case when fcc miazga Hagland. one of those two guys had a way way better matchup. so i wish i would have went fcc there And then Bogush, he started hot, man. I had him on my bench. He had a goal in the game against Colorado, seven points in that game. He came off in like the 65th minute, somewhere around there in the first matchup. And then he managed just two points in the away fixture at Charlotte. 12 single game week players scored better than Bogush, and would have been better options. And honestly, I could have used that third LAFC spot on a defender like Hollingshead, who ended up with 17 or long with 12 or even McCarty with but he had like 13. So I could have last week again, I talked about, you know, maybe you go attacking heavy with LAFC. And although Bogush still ended up with what nine, like that's not terrible. But when you have a guy in the team that has the, the the only team with a double game week, and you're picking a guy that started in both matches started so hot and he doesn't even crack 10. Like that's, that's pretty tough when you could have picked some single game week options that did way, way better. And then my last one, like, the volume is there for Cucho. Cucho, I think, leads MLS in shots taken. He had 12 shots this past weekend against Toronto. No goals and just five points. So the volume is there. The end product was not, unfortunately. So, yep. Yeah, but, Brian, let's get into our three big things that we learned from this past weekend of MLS Fantasy. What were some of the things that you figured out about MLS Fantasy this past week, Brian?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go back and, and focus a little bit more on on the Mukhtar versus Almada situation. I'm just interested now in um, when the premium matchups, like premium versus premium matchups. Um, I'm, my my guess is, and obviously this is a real recency bias because we just got burned by Almada being the home the home team premium player this past week going up against uh, Mukhtar who's playing on the road. And um, but I, I'm planning on doing a little bit of research on it because my 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 hunch is that in those situations when it's premium versus premium to pick the home premium player. Um, But I'm also thinking that it might be valuable to just pick both and just, even if one, like in this past weekend, Mukhtar didn't hit, but with the Almada points, I kind of had both those premiums and that sit that matchup covered by picking both. If I had done that in that situation. And so, I don't know, I'm planning on doing a little bit of research. I'm just interested in that now because of that specific situation where you had because it doesn't happen every week. But when you have a premium player versus another premium player, what situation uh, calls for picking the home player versus the road player or maybe picking both. So I'm, I'm planning on doing a little bit more research. I'll see when I can get something, uh, a, a little little article or study out on that. Maybe I'll just do a big Twitter uh, tweet thread or something like that. Uh, but I'm intrigued by that now, especially because of this last game, because I think there's some real safe, ways to really kind of predict how best to play those situations and i just kind of want to do some work on that so more on that later but my hunch is picking the home premium players is probably the safe option again recency bias with how how hot amada was but as yeah. in most situations the home team just there's less variability there in most situations
0: yeah, well, this weekend you can put it to the test again because Brian Maurer's hottest, best, like my most favorite take he's had on this podcast all year and it's been brought up every single episode <laughs> is that Lucho Acosta is going to That's outscore right. Tiago Almada for the rest of the season. And they play each other That's this weekend right. in a big, old, bi- a big, old, a big double game week fixture. So that could be interesting. Will you have both in your lineup this weekend? oh that's
1: a, i mean it's a good question I I, I I hadn't even initially thought about that i'm glad you brought that up now this has jumped up the list in terms of um me getting my research done i've definitely it's definitely um I, right now actually, i actually just have almada in um uh, uh which is kind of wild at this point because lucho has also been so hot i'm also enticed by his home matchup we'll probably talk about that maybe a little bit later but um his whole matchup on the weekend because of how good Cincinnati have been. But yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by, by both of them. And uh, I'll probably have to do some more digging into whether or not I pick, pick both. I mean, they're both great options. And even, I mean, even though Amada had such a good week last week, I mean, just a, one of the best weeks all season, Lucho still had a good week last week too. I mean, he had 12 points. So he was like yeah. the one midfielder I had in that actually, that actually hit. So um, I think both of them definitely are viable options because I mean, we, picked Pawnee because Atlanta's defense has been poor but now they've had back-to-back clean sheets so yeah, yeah. I don't know, now I don't know what to think so well, we'll have well, let, to, me, let, let, let me
0: let me help you with your decision making here Lucio Casas one yellow card away from suspension in a double game good. week so that might help you out there
1: yeah yeah that that also adds into the equation for sure. There's always a switcheroo. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> moving on, back on track. My second. My second thing is I think now um, the one thing in Miami that has kind of gone under the radar because of all the hype around Messi and Co. And all the you know all the signings that come in have come in is um, the value that Tata Martino has provided to to Miami. He didn't start Busquets. Didn't start Messi because of just the amount of games they've played. And they still, honestly, from from what I saw in this in this game this weekend in uh, New York, uh, they still just outplayed them even without them. I mean, obviously Messi came in and got the wiener, the winner. Uh, to, the wiener,
0: know, he got the, the wiener. wiener,
1: got the wiener, dude. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to get the uh, the two 0 result. But I mean, at that point, they'd already up one 0 had kept the clean sheet, which is something Miami couldn't do before. I mean, I, they had maybe what one or two clean sheets all season uh before before this i mean they just have a new look to them top to bottom even though you know they're a very top heavy team i would say just because of how many players they had to ship out to make room for all the new signings um and i'd say tata martino has played a big role in that so quickly Uh, we also talked pre-show about just the fact that he's kind of been in this situation before when he was in atlanta helping them win their championship in their second season he also had taken pretty much uh, i mean a rebuild in the sense that Atlanta was an expansion team and built that team up from scratch and led them to a championship. Uh, Miami is, was an expansion team several years ago and now it's kind of in a complete rebuild with like so many Academy players that are getting their first minutes plus all the new signings. So Tata is kind of in a similar situation to what he was in, in Atlanta and, that experience seems to be showing in in more ways than just Messi hitting the field, and I think that's for me what I saw out of this matchup, and it's making me more enticed by other players in Miami outside of specifically just Messi or playing players just because of Messi. Um, that was one of the reasons I faded Jordi Alba because I was like, well, Messi's out, so now I'm thinking about fading him. But they kept the clean sheet, so it just adds to more of like. There might be more going on here than just specifically Messi, even though he's drawing all the headlines. So just one other thing to keep in mind there. I'd say moving forward, Tata Martino deserves a decent amount of respect for what he's been able to do, even with the star players he's got. My third thing, Ricky Puj is on an absolute heater, carrying uh, over from before the League's Cup break. Uh, He's averaging 11 fantasy points per game across his past five with three goals and four assists in that time. he scored in his past three home games, and he's got a home game this weekend, which is why I added him here. He's got a home game against San Jose. Uh, He had an assist when they played San Jose on the road um, earlier this season, so I'm intrigued by him. I think he's – surprisingly, just because of how poorly L.A. Galaxy had played earlier in the season, he has kind of slid under the radar a little bit, I'd say, but he's definitely started to catch fire and definitely a player to keep an eye on. I already got him in my lineup.
0: Okay, yeah, that's so we have one difference in our midfield lineups. It's it's pretty much chalk across the midfield. I have Daniel Gazdag in my starting lineup in my five, and Brian has Ricky Pooge. So, okay, we'll we'll see how those picks shake out yeah. this weekend, Brian. But my three things I learned from this past weekend of MLS play: Almada got all the MLS fantasy attention this past week with his twenty-four point performance. But Atlanta's summer signings: Zande Silva. And Saba, I'm not even gonna try to say his last name, (laughs) combined for three goal contributions and 18 points. And prior to this summer, Amada, Gigi Lennon, and sometimes Wiley were the only fantasy relevant options at Atlanta, but you can now add Silva and Saba to that list. I touched on Silva a little bit last week. I will touch on him a little bit further this week because there's some a very interesting stat on the MLS fantasy app on on Silva that you guys might want to consider. Maybe they know something that you guys and we don't know, Brian. Uh, But going on to number two, CF Montreal. They recorded another home clean sheet. That's seven on the year this past weekend versus the Revs, They've conceded just five goals in 12 home matches this season, equaling 0.42 goals per 90. They are just 0.01 goals against per 90 off the pace of the MLS all-time record holders, the 2016 Colorado Rapids. That team conceded just seven goals in 17 home games. CF Montreal have one home match during this double game week versus former manager Wilfred Nancy in right. the lethal Columbus crew attack. Will they get a clean sheet this week? I don't know. And I almost took a flyer, I should say. This should have been one of my dropping points earlier. I had uh, Joel Waterman in my lineup at one point earlier last week. He got a clean sheet at like eight to ten points. I'm not sure exactly what it was. That would have been great over Justin Glad as well whether it was, you know, whether it was Waterman or Miazga, just anything other than Justin Glad would have done me really, really well. But CF Montreal have just been really, really, really good at home defensively. And it, it's it's quite shocking, actually, considering how bad their start to the season was. But they were on, they were away for the first month, month and a half of the season. Yeah. But definitely something to consider going forward for all their home matches. And then last but not least, I just touched on the Columbus crew in that lethal attack the columbus crew recorded 31 shots versus toronto fc that's the most shots in a single game in this mls season
1: <laughs> that's insane
0: I, I mean the the goal to shot ratio is pretty bad right i mean two a two zero went against toronto on 31 shots isn't great but like the volume is there man and like for fantasy wise we, we touched on it last week, like when the Columbus crew got rid of Lucas Ariana, I was like, okay, well, you know, they, they brought in Diego Rossi, but is the attack going to be the same? Are they going to be scoring at the same rate? And they have been scoring at the, at the same rate. And then the fact that they just set the record for the season for most shots in a single game is again, just credit to what Wilfred Nancy's doing with this attack and the players that he has and the system they're running. Like it's and, and this weekend, they have, well, this week, I should say they have two away games against two of the best home teams in MLS, and we'll talk about that later. And even though they're away, they're probably a team to consider just because of what I just said. Yeah. But Brian, let's get into the important fantasy-related news. So again, huge double game week. Uh, the, the teams that play two games at home this week, the New England Revolution, New York City FC, and the San Jose Earthquakes. The teams that have two games away, the Columbus Crew, like I just touched on, the Colorado Rapids. New York Red Bulls. Do the Rapids have two away games? I, I don't know. Uh, New York Red Bulls, uh, Orlando City, and Vancouver. Single game week is Toronto, LAFC, Sporting Kansas City, and DC. Everyone else is home and away during this double game. Yeah, week.
1: Colorado does have a double game week on the road. Yeah, they're at Minnesota and at
0: RSL. Okay, I had them down as they had a single game week as well. So obviously, yeah. I was very confused when doing this segment. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> this yeah, is a lot of information is a lot of information in a double game week. So if we get the stuff wrong guys, we're sorry. I also have a little bit of a cold. I'm fighting that as well. Okay guys, so.
1: And and just even if they were on a double home game week, it doesn't matter. Colorado anyway. <laughs> it,
0: it, it doesn't really matter. We shouldn't even mention the Rapids in, in this in this podcast. whatsoever. <laughs> And then we touched on Lucio Acosta being one yellow card away from suspension. That's something to keep an eye on. Another well, a couple other players that are one yellow away from suspension are Ace Ace, Ricky Puj, another guy that you mentioned. Say it um, ain't so. No. Imagine that. You have some things to consider now, Brian. Yeah. And then Jose Martinez of the Philadelphia Union. Players that are suspended that have some fantasy relevancy are Amundsen from the crew, Nerwinski from St. Louis, and Danny Pereira from Austin FC. Um Amundsen is probably the most fantasy relevant guy of those three. There's a couple more, but you're probably not picking them. Santi Rodriguez should be returning from injury. Will he play midweek? Will he start? I don't know. They have two home fixtures this week. I would just keep an eye on that. Like, Santi's a really good player. He He is the attacking figure in that New York City FC team. If he's there, he's definitely a guy to consider. If he isn't in that starting lineup tomorrow, he's probably a guy you're going to want to fade. But apparently he is going to be returning from injury. What that actually means, I don't know. Just wait and see until those lineups come out. Julian Carranza and Jose Martinez are good to go midweek, according to Jim Curtin. So Philly have two good matchups. And with those two guys being healthy and coming back from their, their knocks, that bodes even better for the Philadelphia Union. And then the big news of the week, ex-Canadian men's national team head coach John Herdman named the head coach of Toronto FC. Maybe a new coach bump for Toronto in their single game week. I doubt it. He's coming into an absolute mess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't, uh, I saw a report, didn't, like, Insigne walk off again just recently? I feel like I saw a report of that, like, where he just kind of, like,
0: walked off. Yeah. Thursday before this weekend, this past weekend's games, he left training early. He got in an argument with the coach. It but this before Herdman, before Herdman, Be- this was before yeah. Herdman. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, he's he's coming into just yeah a a really t- tough situation. Like I yeah. like John Herdman, I like what he did with the Canadian yeah. men's national team, but he's not being set up for success signing for mm-hmm. Toronto. I wish him the best, but it's not a situation that you know, I wonder what they said to him, what they're paying him, how they convinced him to take this position or if the, the Canadian financial situation and all of that stuff going in within their federation was just so bad. He needed to get out.
1: Yeah. I, I well, and, and then on top of it, well, I mean, in Toronto is like, I mean, out of the Canadian teams, I would say they're the most uh, legendary of the clubs is in terms of some of the pedigree and like mm-hmm. some of their previous rosters. And I mean, they've put up maybe one of the better rosters and better teams in all of mls history at one point i mean they were one of the the top dynastic type teams so i'd say there's definitely some legacy there as to what that would attract that role but it it does seem like they've been ambitious in terms of pick. i mean obviously the, the italian signings show ambition but i mean bob bradley and Herdman back to back are like two pretty ambitious coaching signings that I think most MLS teams would be super psyched about. If like those were either of those guys were coaches coming in, you think there's a huge change in culture, a a winning culture coming with that. So, I mean, we'll see if the, the, you know, how, how this second coaching change, you know, changes things, but it's just the ambition seems to be, I mean, both of those seems to be like locks for picks. I I was baffled at how poorly Bob Bradley's tenure went. That had to be close to, if not his worst tenure of any team he's coached. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see with Herdman too. i it, it been a bit of, you know, but I mean, it's probably the best option they had available. Right. Like, so I mean, he had to be their top target.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree with that. And the thing. That we should consider with MLS fantasy talking about that, like we're not going to see a difference with Toronto FC this year. Like I think they are no. who they are. Herdman's not going to come in and, and change the fate of this team. This no. could be a team that has a complete massive rebuild this past uh, this upcoming off season in twenty twenty four. Looks like a different team under John Herdman, but we'll see. But Brian, let's go ahead and move on to this week's matchups that we're going to be targeting. Really, we're just going to list off some teams that we're you know targeting players from and we will just kind of talk about that a little bit uh so brian we'll start with san jose
1: yeah so san jose i just like i mean we're, I, I think it's best to just start with the the teams with two home games uh san jose specifically because they're playing la galaxy we've talked about that matchup specifically before uh those west coast matchups are tend to be bangers and with lots of goals this one has had goals in uh, in the past actually they we have a we already have uh, one example of this exact same situation with uh uh, this is the second time they'll be playing in San Jose. Uh, and Pouge had an assist in that last game, if I recall correctly. And, and Espinosa had a goal. So, there's the premium players have had have had success in this matchup. So, I'm looking at Espinosa. And I'm actually looking at, and like I said earlier, Pouge on the Galaxy side. But for so this, uh, as San Jose, Espinosa is definitely in play just because of two home games. And he's just super consistent. Uh, I'll talk about him a little bit more later as well. Um, and then they also play Minnesota the weekend, which I mean, San Jose has just been a solid team at home, pretty consistent. So I'm, I'm interested, in specifically their attacking options. I mean, Espinosa is at the top of that list. I also have Marcin Kowski in uh, as a, a backup. I have a plan for some of my earlier, I guess, uh, keeper roos situation, but they're the 10:30 game, so I, I'm I'm looking at, at them as an option for a, a later op- a later game if I, if that early early. uh Keeparoose, which situation doesn't work out, so um, that's kind of my point right now. I have Heaven as an option as well. I I think maybe even some of their other defenders could be in play. They've got a decent amount of um, other defensive defensive options, but yeah, I I have right now. Aspinosa and Marcinkowski are in for me.
0: Yeah, I have Rodriguez in right now. Um, He's a a bonus bonus point killer. He's a little expensive at ten, but I I like him. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be a pretty popular pick this week. Yeah, value pullbacks
1: too, right? I mean, Marie and uh, God, what's the other guy's name on the other side? I keep uh,
0: uh, Acapo. Acap- Ocap- yeah, Acapo. Yeah, think and Marie's Beason. been a value pick. Yeah, and, and Beeson is is dirt cheap, and he's seeing a lot of playing time as well. He's one of their center backs. So, uh, so yeah, San Jose just overall defensive options. Take a look at.
1: Yep. So then next up is the other uh, one of the other matchups I'm looking at with uh, two home games. So New England Revs. Um, they're playing rebel New York and Austin, uh, both of those matchups I'd say are, are plus plus matchups. And with the Revs at home, even with their off field concerns, uh, I'm still eyeing several players on the revs. I mean, Carlos Hill obviously is a, is a prime candidate almost, you know, every week, especially when they've got two home games back to back. Um, DeJuan Jones, I've got in my lineup actually right now. So I'm intrigued by uh, a couple of the defensive options. Um. And then actually, uh, I mean, right now their their keeper is super cheap because of the, the Petrovic sale. So Petrovic sale. So I've got Edwards in. He's my keeper situation right now. I'm kind of eyeing that that situation because he's so so dirt cheap and makes the rest of my lineup just get super, super chalky, which is what I'm aiming for to try to sneak back into the Champions League is to try to just play with a high-floor team and see if that can't help rocket me back in into the – the champions league places and edwards in that spot helps me with that i'm not sure if i'll keep it but that's definitely one spot that i'm eyeing right now as well
0: yeah and the only other players that i'm eyeing are probably dave romney the center back from the the revs and then i have a, a sneaky long shot pick for this the, their double game week this upcoming weekend that I'll get to later in the episode but a little note for you Brian DeWan Jones did not play this last weekend and he was listed as questionable on the report put out yesterday.
1: Oh, all right. So I'm going to have to keep an eye, definitely keep an eye on that, everyone. Yeah, uh,
0: and, ne- and next time I text you, Brian, about a, 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 an outside back, not playing in the game, be sure to yeah. check it before the rolling. Yeah. Power <laughs> yeah, out. yeah.
1: I'm no. I can't afford any hangers this week. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. I might even just switch it out right now just to be, to be safe. So we'll see. Cause I'm definitely not like, sold in to where I have to, to start him. So um, there's just one of the other options I'm eyeing at this point. Um, do we even want to talk? Cause I mean, obviously New York city FC have two home games as well, but I mean, are you even eyeing anybody at all in that, in that matchup? Blake? Is there no, anybody?
0: no, no. Point? There's, I mean, Bakrar there, yeah. their striker, like he, he has n- not played well. He's their only true number nine on their team if Santi comes back again like that's a guy i would eye but i would wait until lineups drop at 6:30 eastern standard time tomorrow to see and see yep. if he's if he's in that starting lineup maybe Barraza, their goalkeeper cf montreal have only scored uh, what like eight goals away this yep. this season um, so they have some pretty good clean sheet odds there as far as defenders n- no not really maybe tiago martins Um, but one thing I was looking at earlier, because I was just curious about New York city FC and Talish Magno, his value has dropped more than any, probably more than any player in MLS fantasy, like close to four, close to four mil this season. Like he's down to 4.2 mil.
1: Oh man. I think he's, yeah, he had to at least start at eight or nine. Damn dude. That's he's down to
0: 4.2 mil. And I mean, if going into this season, You know, unfortunately, he had to start as the striker because, you know, they they didn't have a number. Yeah, they didn't have a number nine and he was playing out of position. But even since he's moved back out left, like hasn't been great. And again, coming into the season, he was touted as one of like the, you know, over the past couple of years, one of the top left wingers in all of MLS. And for him to, you know, not produce at that level and really have a a huge regression this season and for MLS fantasy terms, drop four mil down to 4.2. Like that's 0.2 mil above players that have never seen the field. (laughs) That's that's really really poor, and yeah, it's really unfortunate. I just found that interesting. Yeah, I think,
1: and to, to that, I think there's especially in the East Eastern Conference right now, where there's just so much competition and and really solid roster building across that conference. Being behind the ball one transfer window, which I think NYCFC was, they just didn't end up making their commitments in the winter window that they have started to do in the summer. But but since they didn't do that in the winter, they're kind of behind the pace of many of these other teams that are like, like Cincinnati and Philly who are just like, constantly on it in terms of really hitting their mark with every transfer window right now which is also crazy to say about Cincinnati but they've just like that's just been their new regime it's just mm-hmm. been really on the ball and so many of these other teams have in the Eastern Conference specifically are really hitting their mark window after window so if you are behind a window and you don't get your hits in it I mean that's what you kind of are seeing I feel like from NYCFC right now
0: yeah, and New York City FC. If we were to have this conversation a year ago, if they had a double game week late in the season, like you're gonna probably pick three guys from New York City FC.
1: Yep.
0: Last year, this year we, th- there's a chance I might not have any New York City FC players in my lineup in a double game week at home for them.
1: Like. Yeah, I, I don't have any players from them right, right now. That's
0: that's, that's a that's a full 360. Like that's yeah. that's crazy. Well, let's yep. let's keep it moving, Brian.
1: Yep. So and now I'm looking at some of the other plus matchups that don't have two home games. So so we talked about them a little bit earlier, but Philadelphia union, I feel like they've just got really plus matchups on the road at Toronto and then at home versus Red Bull, New York. Um, I think there's clean sheets to be had in both of these games, but even if they weren't to keep it, say in Toronto, um, when Bernadeschi, obviously, even though the team is in shambles, Bernadeschi is still quality and capable of scoring, which he did even just uh, a week or two ago, he scored a, a goal, a couple goals, um, or a goal or two. And, uh, So, I mean, obviously, they could lose a clean sheet there. I think they still easily could get it with uh, New York coming to Philly uh, on the weekend. Uh, I mean, they have got a ton. And even if Toronto were to get a goal, I mean, I just feel like there's a really good chance Philly could score a bunch of goals in that game as well. So I'm eyeing not only Philly defenders for the clean sheet. I'm eyeing attackers. I'm really just eyeing any any position on the field. This is sort of like I – um, equate it a lot similarly to LAFC in their double game week last week. This is kind of the double game week I'm really eyeing to stack at least two or three players in. Um, right now I've got a double defense stack with Glesnes and Wagner that could change a little bit. Um, I've floated Gazdag in there. Carranza, if he's back and able to play on Wednesday. Um, Blake, I know you've talked about Michael Ura. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, I think there's a plethora of different approaches to this is there any other uh takes you to have on this on, on philly this week blake
0: yeah i think michael ua even Carranza, i mean Carranza's coming back from injury either one of those guys michael ua scored a hat trick last time out against toronto the time before that when philly played toronto daniel gazdag scored a hat trick so like the philly attackers have found success against this toronto team um so i have both of those guys in my lineup right now uh is kind of like a flyer a pretty big differential pick Uh, just kind of hoping that he, you know, maybe lands another hat trick. That would be great. And I would maybe move back up into champions league contention. We'll see. The only other guy that I have right now is, is Kai Wagner, but I really do like your strategy of stacking the the Philly defenders. And that's something that you said pre-podcast that's really struck my interest. And I'm going to take a look Mm at, I I think that's a a really, a good route to go. And Kai Wagner is definitely one of those guys because of what I touched on earlier, like, he had six points last week and they didn't get a clean sheet and he had four bonus points for four different attacking values.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just a bonus point machine. Bonus mm-hmm. point machine. Yeah. Um, so next matchup up is I've got RSL. Uh, I'm going to jump down the list a little bit just cause RSL's got, uh, I think two plus matchups as well. Um, obviously we've touched on their struggles. Uh, but I mean, in fantasy, um, there's times when even if a team's playing poorly, the matchups I'd say do matter and are, and make RSL worth at least a look. Um, they've got at, they're on the road at Portland uh, midweek, and then they're at home versus Colorado. Just two really plus Western Conference matchups. Um, I'm eyeing a couple of different players. I mean, I'm definitely not doing any major stacks or anything, but I think uh, players like Severino, Chicho Arango, um I mean, there's a, a few different interesting pieces in RSL. I mean, Pablo Ruiz is still, I'd say, potentially an option. Well, he's
0: out. He's out. Oh, yeah. I don't think for the season, but he's out for a while. He, Ooh, never mind.
1: I Pablo Ruiz is not an option. I'm um, <laughs> glad we brought that up. So, yeah, so the Chicho, I'd say Chicho's the, the the other one besides Severino. Those are the two. The two premium options. I'm looking at Brody's, maybe an option, but I mean, they've been leaking goals. So defenders is probably not a direction I'm going with them, but I'm intrigued by some of their attacking options, especially against a team like Portland who just give up a lot of goals. So if there's a team to turn, turn us a, a rough streak against, it's probably Portland's one of those teams and Colorado, to be honest as well. So.
0: And it's, it's funny. Like these are two really good matchups and RSL are kind of like, they're, they're a strange team because yeah. they're, they're really good away. And yep. they're playing portland away and they're really bad at home yeah. are really bad at home and they're playing colorado but like both are really good matchups so they could turn their their momentum on either front there and back to the Pablo ruiz thing like they've given up 10 goals in the past three games in all competitions and i think a lot of that has to do with losing the guy that's that's operating their their midfield the guy yeah. that's in the engine room Pablo ruiz not only switching the point of attack and controlling the tempo of the game but also just sitting in front of that defense and being that deep line playmaker and just solidifying things in front of the defense. And I think that's had an impact on both sides of the ball for RSL, and that could be why we're seeing a a dip in form from RSL. But again, there's, there's talent in that side, especially in the attack with Savarino and Arango. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't know if I'm picking anybody else in RSL
1: no yeah i think those are the the two main main guys i'm taking a look at just because i think a lot of the premium strikers this week maybe have less than than plus matchups like the premium strikers so i think <laughs> this is a decent week to look at some other options mm-hmm. so um i think that's where several players like Severino and chicho come into play a little bit um and, and i mean maybe, from...
0: maybe there's there, maybe there's a a slight shout or chance maybe a Diego luna he's gonna yeah. a, a lot cheaper he could be like a little 50 50. Or, or a long shot type pick yeah. for you. Yeah,
1: because he's going to replace Ruiz, right, over over this last little stretch. Uh,
0: I think he's primary, primarily playing like an inverted left winger. Um, I don't know. They've really switched some things around in the RSL midfield. Yeah. I don't think they've really found a replacement for Ruiz because you really can't replace what he does in there with that wand of a left foot that he has.
1: Yeah, and those 50-yard goals.
0: Yeah. You can't really replace that. Diego Luna can't do that. Like he's a hell of a player. I think he's really good. And he's had some pretty decent MLS fantasy weeks and some pretty good output, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could be a shout if he, if he gets some starts, like he's a pretty good player. He's a good attacking player. So in yeah. and, and two plus matchups, maybe consider him
1: gotcha nice and then uh vancouver they've got two road matchups but i think they're both plus matchups for me they're on the road against chicago and on the road against nycfc we've already touched on sort of the the woes of nycfc this year uh and then chicago have kind of been an up and down season they have kept some clean sheets at home but they've also i mean they just gave up three against la obviously that was in la so it's a little different in chicago but uh, they've had an up and down year um, there could be opportunities, at least for for goals. I'm definitely not, because of two road matchups, not really eyeing Vancouver's defense, even though they have their new signing in Larea, who's a premium defensive option. Probably not eyeing Vancouver defenders this week uh, during the double game week, but I am probably at least, at the very least, going to take a look at players like Ryan Gauld, Brian White. Uh, again again, right? I mean, it's like three weeks straight in a row. I mean, but. I mean, you kind of, it's hard to fade them. They keep getting volume and they have two plus matchups. And, and I mean, Ryan Gall just had a huge week again. Brian White had, had goals again. So, I mean, it's just, it's just hard to, even though Brian White can be one of the most frustrating players to have in your fantasy lineup. It's it's always it feels really special when he hits.
0: It's fun, man. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's, he, it's, he is what MLS fantasy is supposed yeah. to be, man. He is fun. It's so much yeah. boom. It's so much bust. It's yeah. you have to watch him And Vancouver is one of the most yeah. exciting teams in the league, right? Like one of the top three, top five teams and expected goals like they're a really fun attacking side so it's yeah. really easy despite them having two away fixtures to consider those guys and one more reason to even consider Ryan Gold we talked about it again before the show chicago have given up more penalty kicks than anybody else in mls who takes the penalty kicks for vancouver your boy Ryan Gold who's on an absolute tear so if chicago start fucking around in the box and fouling people Ryan Gold's going to capitalize and Ryan Gold could be a a decent Option just for that point alone, and then consider the two plus matchups just in general. Like, I mean, maybe why not? Yeah.
1: totally agree, totally agree with that. Um, so the other uh matchup I've got is Columbus Crew on the we got two road matchups. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. Uh, Blake, I'm, I'm not eyeing too many players on crew with the two road matches, at least they're defenders. I mean, Kucho is always going to be an option. Um, Rossi could be. Uh, but I just feel like this week there's so many other premium chalk midfielders that it's kind of hard to play to play Rossi in this double game week. But Cucho, I'd say definitely is going to be, I mean, always an option just because he's one of the best forwards in in all of MLS. So, but is there any other players you're kind of eyeing in this in the, in these matchups in this double game week? Houston's a, tip, a bit of a tricky matchup on the on the road for them, even though they have been such a good team. But uh, Houston have been such a night and day team, being just like so good at home while so like just so so poor on the road but Columbus having to go to Houston is is a bit of a tricky situation I'd say
0: yeah but Cucho Cucho I think has like five goal contributions in his last five away games like he's he's just been one of the best forwards in MLS fantasy all season long both home and away again I I agree with your point of staying away from the Columbus crew midfield like the only crew midfielder you'd probably consider would be your Diego Rossi at this point, but I, I really wouldn't pick him with all the other options out there. But Cucho yeah. is a guy that I think is, would be an interesting pick this week. Like the Columbus crew and St. Louis are two of the, well, they are the two first teams in MLS to 50 goals. Like the Columbus crew have the volume. They had 31 shots last week against Toronto. FC. So yeah. like the attacking volume is there. Cucho's going to get his chances. And if he can, yeah. and if he can start tucking some of those away, like, the Columbus crew should be one of the favorites to win MLS cup at this point. And if Cucho can figure out how to put the ball in the back of the net with that volume, like he could score two, three goals a game. Like the chances are there. So Cucho is a guy that you should consider on a week in and week out basis. And there's a really good shot that Cucho is going to be in my lineup this week. Not because I'm a diehard Columbus crew fan, but because he's that good yeah and i mean
1: he's the centerpiece of one of the best attacks in mls Mm -hmm. and regardless of matchup and i mean in a double game week um where in single game weeks is you know easier to maybe pick matchup heavy for forwards be like okay this is really the the highest probability they have of scoring in a double game week it's hard to bet against kucho not scoring a goal in two games in any stretch just because of his ability to contribute in one of the best attacks so i think the, the probability for double game week just enhances the likelihood that he needs to be in your lineup or at least considered in, in your lineup for sure. Um, the last matchup I have is uh, Inter-Miami. I just feel like it's, I mean, kind of have to just by default mention, mention their matchups just with all their fantasy relevant pieces. Now um, they had a home matchup versus Nashville on Wednesday. You got to keep in mind, there is some bad weather coming in. Hurricane uh, is supposed to be hitting, I think tomorrow when and they're, like around the same time, that are like maybe earlier in the day, when they're supposed to be playing that evening. So definitely just keep an eye on that situation because it could really just mess up that whole, the whole double game week, and hopefully everybody in Florida gets out safely as that hurricane hits. Um, but when it comes to MLS fantasy, I mean, bad weather, I mean, we've seen this multiple times throughout the season, just have to really keep an eye on how the bad weather kind of shakes things up. And if it does end up canceling that match, um, I mean, they've now in a single game week, which for Messi maybe still worth potentially keeping in your lineup just because yeah. he's capable of scoring, but definitely would make me fade just about everybody else in that Miami matchup. But I think it's still worth noting they play Nashville at home, just keep an eye on, on, on the weather and, and the game time for that game on Wednesday. And then they play LAFC over the weekend. I'm not, I'm just at this point, they've shown me enough to where I'm still considering them pretty much even in LAFC, which is one of the toughest places to play. I'm still at least eyeing a player like Messi just because it's not going to phase, phase him at all. So yeah, that's all I've got. Matchup wise. Anything else you'd like to add Blake?
0: No, that was a pretty deep dive into
1: yeah, we seven
0: deep. or eight teams. So yeah, we, ho- we yeah. hope you guys enjoyed that. We really didn't have any notes. We just kind of went with that one. We we rode yeah. the vibes on that one, but let's get into tap in 50, 50 long shot. Brian, you go ahead and go first. Who is your tap-in this week?
1: Yep, so my tap-in this week is Christian Espinoza, uh, 12.8 mil. Uh, I talked about uh, that matchup a little bit for San Jose against LA Galaxy earlier. He's got those two home games, LA Galaxy and Minnesota, on the weekend. Uh, he scored in his last home game versus LA Galaxy a couple months ago before Leagues Cup. Before this past week, he has scored in four straight. He had kind of a dud week this past week. Before that, he was on a pretty good heater. Uh, He's absolutely capable of going on a tear and has proven it multiple times this season. Uh, And there's only been, I look back on his whole year, there's only been a couple short stints where he hasn't uh, gotten a goal goal contribution in multiple games. So I feel like there's also, for me, Espinoza is a pretty safe play in terms of just between two home games very likely to get a goal contribution across that that board now he isn't i mean he's, his, his best scoring performance is 14 points on the season so i mean that's good production if you were to get 14s across the board that's awesome production as a captain um but he also i mean there's been i mean Almada just put up 24 so there's been other Captainville premium players that are definitely I'd say have a higher ceiling, but for me what espinoza provides is a bit of a safer floor, which is kind of what i'm looking for this week i'm really trying to find. A decent amount of security in my lineup as i'm creating this final. uh, jump, so I want to have at least a few safe pieces to really like establish some points as I do still need to take some calculated risks, but for me espinoza is that higher floor maybe a bit of a lower ceiling option um, that's just like a bit of a safe pick. Uh, for me to just have locked into my lineup with the two home games coming up this weekend.
0: Yeah, my pick is kind of along the same lines. Feels like a pretty safe pick, pretty high floor, pretty high ceiling as well on this guy. My tap in this week is going to be Carlos Hill, the New England Revolution center attacking mid, coming in at 13.5 mil. Two home games this week. And the Revs are one of two unbeaten teams remaining in MLS at home with FC Cincinnati. The refs have scored three-plus goals at home five times this season and have scored 14 goals over their last five at Gillette Stadium. Carlos has recorded an assist in each of his last six home matches and has 10 total goal contributions in that run of games. He's averaging 10 points per game at home and ranked sixth overall in fantasy on 172 points. He's second in assists in MLS, fourth in key passes, and second in open play chances created per 90 minutes. Six of the last seven goals scored on the Red Bulls, that's going to be their opponent tomorrow, have come from opposition's midfielders. Well, that's exactly what Carlos is. And Austin have conceded seven goals in their last two away matches. In St. Louis City FC's Edward Leuven went off for a hat-trick of assists two match days ago. And I think Carlos is a little bit better than Edward Leuven. So that is why Carlos Hill is my tap-in of the week. Brian, who's your 50-50? Nice.
1: So my 50-50 this week is Jefferson Savarino at 10.3 mil. Bit of a high, high value for a 50-50, but, I mean, he's just been a real hit or miss pick throughout the course of the season, as RSL as a team have been as well. I'm picking him solely because of his matchups. Away at Portland, which Portland have just given up a ton of points to forwards this year. Um, and, that, I mean, they just fired their head coach. Um, so they're just in a bit uh, – they're a team that's – very targetable right now and then on top of that they have the home matchup versus Colorado like I said earlier um so both of those matchups are just I would say plus matchups so you're looking in, in those situations even if Arcel haven't been on the best run of form um Severino is one of their key players and um I mean in plus matchups it's always worth keeping a bit of an eye on on those kinds of players and also just because not only I mean this week Bawanga's on a single game week so it's way easier to fade a player like him and their single game we do is against Miami um it is at home but I mean so it's just a tougher play to to, to pick up a, a guy like Pawanga um Carranza is just coming back so we're not sure 100% if he'll be in the lineup tomorrow um I mean Cucho's got two road games right so it's like the the premium forward picks are all still playable but they're not maybe in the most plus i'm like it's not like an automatic pick i'd say as it has been the last couple of weeks where there's just been like okay just kucho and blog automatically in your lineup i don't yeah. say that i wouldn't say that that's what this kind of week represents which opens up the door for a pick like a jefferson saverino um as well as other picks like yakimakis and, and several others but i'd say because the premium forwards aren't autumn auto picks um it opens the door for a fifty-fifty pick to try to take a flyer on a, a player like Jefferson Severino, who's got plus matchups.
0: Yep, I think the chalk, the the midfield is chalk, which yep. is, I mean, that's why we had Espinosa and Hill. I think that kind of exemplifies what most people's midfields are going to look like. It's going to be chalky. Yep. The attacking line, the forwards, is going to be. Um, know you're there's gonna be some variability there you're gonna have some differential plays there this week and i think that's okay in a double game week as long as as those those hit so good luck there um the we'll get into the um star bench cell i have some single game week strikers for you just in case one of your double game week strikers doesn't hit but my 50-50 this week is going to be a guy I touched on earlier in the podcast. Sande Silva, the left winger from Atlanta United at 8.9 mil. And this one is super interesting, guys. This basically wrote itself on the MLS app. Silva is projected to score an even 20 points this week versus FC Cincinnati and Dallas. Meanwhile, the best player in MLS, Tiago Almada, is projected 17 points. Silva is projected to have three more points than Tiago Almada. Brian, I don't know who the hell is making these predictions, but apparently they like Silva about as much as I do and how much he's raised the ceiling of this team. But that sort of projection is exactly what the 50 pick is all about. It's all about hope, Brian. Hope and two difficult matchups versus the Shield leaders and a team tied for the fewest goals conceded on the year in FC Dallas. But it's but it's the hope that kills you. Right. And that's exactly why it's a 50, 50, but Silva did show his quality this past week. He had a goal and an assist in this past weekend's four zero route versus Nashville. So Zane Silva is my 50, 50 of the week. That's nice. uh, I've never felt better about a 50, 50 pick, not because he's going to be in my lineup and I like it, but it's just like, it fits the mold. So, so well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you got that and you got the, uh, the MLS fantasy soccer admin, uh, um, backing you up with his with his projection so i mean if there's anything that makes you feel like it's a stronger pick is there is there anything else that could possibly make it stronger than that most fantasy projection guy (laughs) so anyway my long shot is um joseph martinez i'm going back to the forward well again um i and i think this is a a big week for that because i think forwards again is probably the position with the 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 most question marks, at least so far. And what I've done my own research on, it is the position with the most question marks for me. A lot of my defense are, defensive picks and my midfield picks have just kind of been uh, more automatic, really easy to choose. Um, forwards, I've already, even just in in the couple days since the, the new week has kicked off, I've already made a decent amount of shuffling, which is why I'm looking at forwards. Long shot, Joseph Martinez at 6.8 mil. Um, He has got a home game and a double game week where he could be playing both of those games with Messi. That automatically just makes it a big plus plus for me. Um, Obviously, anytime now Messi's on the field, um, I'm going to be looking for both him and surrounding pieces. Um, And also, Blake, I remember us talking about this, but he was taking the penalties. And it was the League's Cup, right towards the end of the League's Cup. I think they had Martinez taking... Uh, a couple of the penalties late um in the league. I, I believe it was League's Cup. And so that was a, a bit of a, a surprise for me um when you've got a player like Messi there. But that's something to maybe keep an eye on uh moving forward through through the season, the rest of the MLS season. So I mean if he can if they keep if he's I mean he didn't play this last week. They gave it seemed like they were giving him a bit of a rest. But if he's if he they get a penalty or two during this double game week and Martinez is taking it, I think at that point you have to really start keeping an eye because I I'm imagine they're going to start racking up a decent amount of penalties just with how Messi can draw them and the rest of their pieces around him can can draw some of those. And if Martinez is taking them, that's some I'd say some free goals for him down the stretch. Um, and before the league's cup break, he also had three goals in his last six starts, which is a goal contribution. I mean, at that rate, he's picking up a goal uh this week so I'm keeping an eye on him for for that as well he's starting to heat up and that was before Messi got there so um that I mean I would say there's a chance that that goal that goal rate could go way up from here um and right now I'd say Tata the one downside is Martino seems because of all the new signings and how many pieces there are plus how many competitions they've been in already uh, since Tata arrived and all the new signings as he's been really comfortable rotating them. I mean, he just benched Joseph Martinez this past weekend and Messi didn't start either. Um, so there is a risk there. I'd say just because it seems like because they've already won a cup, they already seem to be kind of cruising. And I mean, they haven't lost yet. So it seems like he's been willing to rotate some of these pieces and Joseph Martinez fits into potentially that rotation. Cause it's also compounded there as well. Yep. Um, so there is a bit of a, I mean, a, a significant risk also, just Joseph hasn't been, the Joseph is old uh, at all since he's been in Miami. So uh, there's a risk there. Um, but I, I am thinking of using him in a switcheroo because it is a 730 game. It's pretty easy. Uh, just preview as long as that that game does end up getting played. Again, keep an eye on the weather. Um, but if that game does get played, it's a nice cheap way to kind of get a preview on some early points, um, which end up could end up being a big points because, I mean, Miami at home are just going to be a team to watch regardless of the matchup.
0: Yep. And I don't know if Lionel Massey was just, you know, giving Joseph Martinez the penalty kicks just because, you know, he wants to keep Joseph around for next season, wants him to extend that contract. And yeah, maybe, maybe they're boys or, you know, maybe Joseph is being handed the keys to the penalty kicks. I don't know. We'll see, but I I do like that pick, Brian. It's a, it's a nice long shot pick there. My long shot pick is also a striker that I think that you should probably consider Giacomo Veroni. New England Revolution, number nine at 6.1 mil. He has two goals and one assist in his last three home matches. Five goals this season. All five of them are at home. This is a pretty crazy stat that I wouldn't have even realized otherwise unless I went looking for it. Giacomo Veroni is sixth in goals per 90 with 0.56 for players who've played more than 800 minutes. That's a, that's, wow. that's, that's a pretty impressive little yeah. stat there. No one would um, guess that.
1: No one no one in all of MLS punditry would catch
0: that. <laughs> unless you're a New England Revolution sicko, like you probably yes. really don't know that. Uh, and I, I really like him, especially in the Austin matchup. Austin give up the most points per game to forwards away. That was according to last week's stats. And uh, Giacchini and Adinorin for St. Louis just put up four goals against them two match weeks ago. The downside is he started just six of his 20 appearances and he's played 46 and 84 minutes in the Revs two double game weeks so far this season. So he's not getting a lot of run, but Gustavo Bo is, he was out. He looks like he's back from Argentina now. How does that affect his minutes going into this double game week? They also have Bobby Wood, but they like to play with two strikers sometimes. And Vrioni got a lot of run during the league's cup. So what what does this mean for his minutes going forward? I don't really know. He's a cheap option. He scores goals at home. He's reasonably efficient. And I just really, really like that Austin matchup specifically for those reasons. Giacomo Veroni is my long shot of the week. Brian, we're about an hour in. Again, we did it last week. We're going to do a lightning round of start bench sell. All right? Yes, sir. All right. So I will go ahead and give you yours first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, these are all going to be single week, single game week strikers. All right. So, you know, you put them in your lineup. If your double game week player on your bench doesn't hit, you got to find a guy that just plays one game. Um, So you got Christian Benteke versus Chicago. Six point eight mil averaging four point five four. You got Mario Gonzalez, LAFC striker, eight point eight mil averaging five. Small sample size with him. Mm-hmm. And then your boy, who you had last week, at least you shouted him out on the podcast, Daniel Shallowy, 7.6 mm-hmm. mil, averaging 4.58 star bench sell.
1: I'm going to start Gonzalez, sell Shallowy, and, oh no, bench Shallowy, and sell Ben uh, shall just score a goal? I mean, he, I picked him as my, I think 50 or the long shot last week and yeah. he ended up getting a goal in SKC's uh three, 0 win this past weekend. So, um, uh, I'll ride, I'll ride with him. Yeah. And then I think just LAFC, even though they're playing Miami, I think LAFC at home, definitely a chance for Gonzalez to get a goal in that one, uh, especially with the full week of rest. Um, I mean, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, Gonzalez start, shall bench and take all right, so my start bench stuff for you is three midfielders, um, at three different price points, um, that all are near the top of the league in their last three week fantasy point average. Okay. So we've got Ryan Gald, twelve point six mil, and he's averaging eleven point three three in his last three, uh, absolutely streaking. At Chicago and at New York City FC. Then we've got Daniel Gazdag, 11.2 mil, 9.67 last three-week average. Uh, At Toronto versus Red Bull New York, plus-plus matchup. Um, And then Lucho Acosta, 14.4 mil, the premium cost, 9.33 last three-week average at Atlanta. And then versus Orlando, where he, I mean, at home, just super heater. Anyway, start by itself
0: wow 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 one thing we should mention about lucho that i didn't mention when we spoke about lucho a little bit earlier the lucho almada thing lucho has scored more goals against atlanta than anybody else has he has six goals against atlanta united so that's definitely something in in atlanta's history yes in atlanta's history he scored more goals against atlanta than anybody else in atlanta's history noted yeah but lucho is also one yellow card away from suspension yeah. But you could, you know, preview those points in a little switcheroo. So what I'm gonna do here, because I, I do love him, is actually I'm gonna sell Lucho Acosta. Who? Oh, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh then I'm going to because he's already in my lineup and I just I haven't been there for a reason. I, I really like the matchups. I really like Philly this week. I'm gonna start Daniel Gazdag and Ryan Gold, I'm going to bench him just because he's been on an absolute heater. Uh, Again, Chicago give up more PKs than anybody else in MLS. Ryan Gold takes the penalty kicks for Vancouver. New York City FC haven't been the same. So I'm going to start Gazdag, bench Gold. Sorry, Lucho Acosta, I'm going to sell you, buddy.
1: Well, so one thing for Acosta now that I just thought about, now that we just brought this up, I guess a good time to bring it up quick, is um, depending on the weather in the Miami game, you could have Messi in if that game starts to go south or delayed as it gets closer to game time. You could always switch that out, and you have you have a replacement in Acosta. Mm-hmm. If, if if you end up being like man, the, playing Messi when it, this game seems to look like it really is just going to have to get auto canceled and moved, yep. uh, you do have Acosta as a potential backup option for Messi, and he'll cover the cost. So
0: you just got to hope he doesn't get that yellow
1: yeah 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 well you can switcheroo him in that situation yeah
0: Yeah, no everything i said prior to the yellow card thing with lucho like i mean he's been great yeah he has atlanta's number but so did Hani, right yeah i remember what happened last week right Hani had their number and so does lucho hopefully he doesn't wind up with a two and a yellow card that'd be real bad
1: yeah that'd be rough (laughs) that'd be rough yeah i definitely am fading probably starting him this week but switcheroo never never hurts
0: Mm. Yeah, got convincing you Brian is always a bad thing it, yeah, it, it always ends up poorly for you yeah yeah it, it was well, funny except
1: for the Tim Parker the Tim yeah. Parker definitely worked
0: yeah no it was funny the whole Hani Mukhtar thing somebody probably bookmarked one of our tweets from last week and it was my Hani Mukhtar spiel about how great he's been against Atlanta and then immediately as soon as the game went went final he's like well this didn't age well yeah. Like, yeah no no it did not and i'm willing to own that okay i apologize yeah, yeah.
1: It's part of the brand
0: it's we're dropping points baby that's what we're here for okay (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna gain you some points but we're gonna drop you a lot all right you got to pick and choose the info that you listen to and you follow so uh brian before we close this thing out do you have anything to anything to add
1: no i mean just good luck in this last double game week before champions league starts that's like the last big point i mean i think that's my big focus this week is getting back into that, that ranking. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. Good luck to everybody. Uh, this is a, a huge, huge week for MLS fantasy, probably the biggest week of the season. I think this is actually the last week of MLS fantasy for players playing in head to head until the playoffs. So big week for a, a lot of folks, not only for champions league, but I believe for, head-to-head matchups as well. So hopefully you took some of this advice that we gave you and hopefully it helps you win your head-to-head and make it into the playoffs. Uh, Hopefully it also helps you guys make Champions League. Brian, good luck to you. Everybody else playing MLS Fantasy this week. Best of luck. Enjoy this wonderful week of double game week action in MLS and MLS Fantasy. And we will talk to you guys next week to hopefully give you advice to win your MLS Fantasy playoffs and possibly win Champions League. We'll catch you guys later. Peace.